happiness comes from underneath until you're secure with yourself until you're secure with how you look how you think the people around you you're you're not going to reach ultimate happiness Hello and welcome back to the Building Happiness Podcast. Now today I'm joined with Shruti. Now Shruti is doing um, economics at Loughborough University. She was the chair of Asian Society. She's got an upcoming placement at Goldman Sachs. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about Shruti's personal journey with happiness. Now just to get straight into it, right, Shruti, I know that you've hit a lot of adversity in your life. So would you be able to tell me and the audience a little bit more about what that adversity was and how it changed? Um, so last year, my dad was diagnosed with amyloidosis, which is um, a rare disease, which around 500 people in the UK have, um, and it's very similar to cancer. Have much time to live, and obviously that kind of hits you hard, um, especially because I was at uni at the time. Um, and then later in the year, in December, my grandma, who lived with us, um, was diagnosed with cancer as well. So it was a bit of a rough year. Um, yeah right okay i'm i'm again i'm sorry to hear that it's it's rough but how did you kind of first even just process what was going on sorry could you repeat that i didn't hear that sorry. um i said when if, when you first found out like how did you kind of even process like there was such a big change in your life how did you process that um i can't remember the first bit but i think um, uh, i was at uni and dad's in hospital but my dad goes to hospital a lot because he's just he's just a bit clumsy and he's he's just always in hospital for some reason so I didn't really think much of it and then when I came home he was still there so he'd been there for like a week and he was there for another two weeks so it was just it was we were just confused for a long time which I think made it a bit harder because we were just trying to guess like as to what was happening because because the disease is so rare um they couldn't figure it out properly at first there's only one amyloidosis center in the uk which is in london um yeah so everyone was just really confused and i think processing it was just a bit hard because we didn't know what to process there's nothing to process yet it was just seeing them in hospital and that was it mm-hmm. fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and um obviously it's a very it's a really tough thing to go to seeing someone that you know so well experience this kind of stuff and I remember we talked about it before. You said that relationships were really key in times like this. So can you talk to me a little bit about the relationships that you had and how they helped you? So obviously I was at uni, which meant that I didn't have the same kind of bubble as I would have at home with family. But my friends at uni were amazing. Um, and it was just little things like, oh, like, do you need a talk? Do you need any help? Um, I think that made such a big difference. Even like nights out made such a big difference. But I just, you, you just forget about it. Because there's nothing else for me to do at uni. There's no other way I could help. Um, and I think we're coming up to exams. So they'll be like, oh, should I test you? Da, da, da. Like, it was just the little things really. And it, it's when you can't really, there's nothing you can really say to yourself. Um, because you, there's nothing to do. Like at uni, it's just, you're in your own little bubble and you're always second guessing what's happening at home. And I think my mum like, try to leave out little details about what was going on like to protect me almost um which was good but it was it was just confusing so yeah my friends were a big 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 part in it um and it made us so much closer um 
and it was mainly my uni friends because I was with them every day and they could tell me like are you okay um they would tell me how I'm feeling where I needed to go like they, they were thinking and acting for me essentially that's really good and how different do you think things would have been if you didn't have that good support system in place um my mental health would have been crazy it would have been crazy because I I break down all the time but they were kind of justified because I was my friends and they were kind of breaking down for their stuff as well mm. and it was just kind of a mutual breakdown which is lovely um but yeah no I can't bottle things up um and going through something like that it's just a downward spiral um and that's how a lot of like cases for depression and anxiety start so yeah definitely utilizing the people around me was the best thing and i couldn't have done it without them so for people who don't necessarily have that and they don't have the support system that they need because things like this like you can't really in a sense prepare for them like you don't know when something like this is going to happen so if let's say someone doesn't have the support system that they should have to prepare them to help them get through difficult times like this how would you recommend someone to build their own support system obviously it's nice speaking to people that you already know just because they already know you and how you know you work and how you think but um there was a lot of support at uni as well because i put in mitigating circumstances and you have to explain like what happened um and they sent me like um contacts in the like mental health department and things um you don't have to use them i didn't use i, I didn't feel the need but they are there um and it is genuine it's not just them saying for the sake of it um if we're a student you have a personal tutor um they're really helpful as well he was so lovely to me um and he gave me so many options when i was like struggling with the time and things um if you're at work um you normally have a buddy when you start working at our age or even just your colleagues for this sort of thing anyone is ready to listen um and i remember you saying that it, it's better to talk to someone that you're not really close with um because then you're not going to see them again so you don't feel like you're just unleashing this stuff on them and then you know like you don't have to deal with seeing them every day like if they've seen your emotional side um but that's quite a good tactic as well um, and even reaching out to people like us i guess like doing this sort of thing the whole reason we're here is to talk about a situation to help other people um, yeah anyone's really willing to talk about this sort of stuff and I guess it's the helping out part after that's a bit more difficult but in terms of talking there's lots of people there yeah I completely agree I, I do feel like one thing I don't know especially for kind of guys and even people from um, Asian backgrounds talking about difficult stuff that's going on it, it's not something that is almost encouraged in a way people are kind of um, reluctant to do so and like you said, it has a huge impact on your mental health if you don't talk about things and you don't have a good support system in place. So it is really important to take care of yourself like that. But what I want to touch on a little bit is, so obviously you're from uh, Asian background. Yeah. Where, whereabouts are you from again? From India. Good job. Ah, okay, okay. So, I mean, I think most people, if they know anything about India, don't know where I'm from. Punjab, Patiala. Right, but um, <laughs> yeah, so... How do you feel like, I don't know what your family's been like, I don't know what your community's been like, but how do you feel like growing up in that kind of Asian environment has affected your kind of just attitudes towards everything, life, struggles, things like that? How has it impacted you? 
um, the Asian community, well, particularly for me, all I've like kind of seen on my behalf is like the stereotypes you have for how Indian women should be. And the normal stereotype is that you should be like petite and you should just like be a good dancer and cook and maybe study like a lighter subject, not go into something like too crazy heavy. But I started boxing, but it didn't go that well. But I've always liked like weightlifting, um, not traditionally like female sports. Um, and my parents are just kind of like, are you sure you want to do that? Um, like, is it going to make you manly? Like, is it not going to make you like, um, like really like strong and like look on feminine? Um, and for them, it was, they were so supportive, but I know like extended family, just like, what, what is your child doing? Like, what is your daughter doing? Um, and even little things like tattoos and piercings, it's such a big deal in our community, but it's, it's not a big deal at all and it doesn't affect them. Um, yeah, I guess it's just, it's honestly things that, like, if you go into art, um, I know I met this girl um, when we were doing the BBC Radio Leicester thing and she does art, um, I think like fine arts or something. And she was saying she, she was invited to the radio station because she does something that's so not known um, for like an Indian girl doing. Um, and it's literally just, I don't feel like, I don't really care to be honest, but I know it is hard when your family like that and you're getting so much judgment for doing something that you just want to enjoy. Um, and we do have a lot to learn from other races. Um, but yeah it's just it's things that like it's judgment that's not going to affect you at the end of the day because you can still do what you want but it's just it's not a supportive environment like we don't see as many women going forward the streets or um what else do we see or in sports like we've got barely any Indian women in sports at all most is like cricket um and even then, it's still not the same amount of support you give to Indian men. Um, but yeah, I'd just like to see, I'd like to see someone, like an Indian woman boxer, and I'd be like, oh, that's a bit of me. Um, like, I'd follow them on Instagram, you know? Just a bit yeah. more representation, but I guess that's for every race, but that's particularly for, um, yeah, brown people. No, it is a big issue, and I feel like they call it is judgment. But the entire concept of judgment to me is like, like it kind of blows my mind that people do on such a big scale and they put their own judgment onto other people and say no this is what i think you should do with your life so do this like how how does any human have the ability to say to someone else i know what's better for you than like for your own life like if you haven't lived that other person's experiences if you haven't went through what they went through you don't think like them you don't feel the same way about certain things that they do so who are you to they kind of tell someone what to do in that sense? Do you know what I mean? And, and I it, get it to an extent that like our parents, because they came here and they like had to work really hard set up their lives. And I get it to an extent that they don't want a lot of their children getting involved in sports, arts, entertainment, all of that, because it is hard to get a job and be sustainable in that career. And they, I think they, they are just, they're thinking in the sense that how are they going to live? Like how are they going to be stable? How are they going to have the money they need to do for everything? but still their child's struggle. And I know they want the best for their child, but it's, it will be their child's struggle. If they try and it doesn't work, at least they don't have any regrets in their lives and then they'll work it out.
because you've got the whole debate, right? So this is this is kind of just a question to you as well. If if your child was going to do something, right, and it didn't look like they they had much career prospects at all, and you felt like okay, you should for now focus on something else, get a good job, and then go back into that. Is that something that you push upon your child, or do you think all right, you just do what you think's best, and we'll see how things go? Well, I'm really blunt, so if they're shit, then I'm going to tell them to stop because that's obviously not going to get them anywhere. But they can continue it as a side hobby because if they enjoy it, that's great. But we have to be realistic as well. Like, if you're terrible at it, I'm not going to let you pursue that. And, like, it's, it's just not – it doesn't make sense. But there were so many things in the world I'm sure they can find something they're good at and that they enjoy and that they can pursue. I do want them to pursue – if they're good at it, then I would love them to pursue it and I would try to support it as much as I can. Um, but, yeah, there was a – next should be an any way even though you can't do any makeup like just it doesn't make sense no, um, no. Yeah. I, yeah i agree i agree there's a certain <laughs> um, level of being realistic with your ambitions so i was talking to someone who um was really interested in becoming like a musician and they were just like oh i really want to do it i really want to focus on this and like the parents didn't want them to not get a degree and like certain things like that and they're putting this pressure on them and i was just like you can do both if you really want to like you have to be realistic about it like i'm doing engineering like engineering as much as i love it it's not my passion you know what i mean like it's not something like oh i, I wake up every day and i'm like yeah i want to do some engineering like it's like oh no i do enjoy it and i'm i'm good at it good enough to get a good job but at the same time i've got to understand if i want to do my passions then i've got to balance that with real life stuff which is getting a job it's more so that's not even that's obviously your parents are so proud of you for doing that but that's more so for yourself knowing that you have a backup if something else goes south you know you're going to still be okay in life yeah no you want you're 100 right and like even with COVID-19 and everything that's going on things just do go south in life so if you try and set yourself up for something that's already such a slim chance of you succeeding anyways and that goes wrong then like you know what I mean? There's such a little chance of you being able to go forward from there as well. So you have to try and set yourself up in a way that it's going to, it's the safe option, but it's what is going to be best for you in the long run. Yeah, definitely. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So, right, more getting into kind of happiness now specifically, right? Have you got a definition or has you got a specific idea of what happiness actually is? um happiness to me is just when i feel no stress um but there are so many aspects to that because i'm the type of person that i want like i just want to be an all-rounded person but that means that as soon as i lack on one front i'm stressed and my happiness starts to go so balancing all of those out so like career family um fitness extra like stuff as soon as one of those goes south, I start getting stressed. I mean, my happiness. So, like, to me, it's just, yeah, balancing my stress um, and balancing my life. I don't want to focus too much on one thing. I just want to make sure I'm doing a bit of everything. Um, mm. And I guess you can, that's the point of life. Like, you can never find the right balance ever. And you're going to continue, we're going to have to continue doing that, especially as uni students. <laughs> so, I, I was watching this show recently, and it talks about, like, kind of spirituality and meditation and things like that. And it, and it talked about the concept of completely letting go of everything 
it doesn't mean not being like not being involved in the things that you're doing to like family life career like all that kind of stuff you still do it but you don't have your intentions in that so you don't have like oh i need to do this and if i don't do this then i'm not going to be happy right what do you feel like there's a balance with that do you feel like it's an all-in thing because personally i'm thinking that's a very all-in thing like, i've got to be like okay completely free of expectations for me to get to that level where i'm not expecting anything and i'm fully kind of like present in the moment if you know what i mean and that to me sounds like happiness i would completely love to be that person and I think in the in the moment I'm fine like right now I'm very happy it's when I think about okay what have I got to do and I don't think I'll ever stop having expectations of myself um and it's only me that just puts expectations on myself um but I would love to be that person that was like okay what's going to happen is going to happen whatever's in like God's plan is in God's plan um but I don't I don't think I can I think I'm so scared of me not fulfilling why I was put on earth kind of thing um I think I just yeah and nothing nothing comes without I guess expectations are goals right so if I don't have those goals if I don't have a path I'm and that kind of scares me what would you say is your purpose to be like put on this earth like what's your life goal what do you mean sorry so like you just said, like, oh, if I, if I don't have expectations for myself, then I don't feel like I'd be able to accomplish what I've been put on this earth to do. Do you have a specific idea of what that is? Or is it just reaching your potential? Have you got something in your mind that you feel like you want to do? I don't have, like, one goal. I think, well, I guess the ultimate goal is happiness, obviously. But um, I just have loads of little goals. So, like, finding, finding a job that I am completely passionate about whilst also being that um finding my ultimate like fitness levels um and yeah just being very consistent with it and like little goals within fitness so like being able to lift certain weights being able to run a marathon hopefully at some point um just little goals within that things with family so making sure my family's happy making sure when my parents retire I'm able to look after them and they're able to retire how they like, not how they have to. Mm. Um, Yeah, there's the end goal is happiness, but to make happiness, I have to do all those little things first along the way. That's interesting. That's interesting because for me, happiness, I I have a lot of kind of like expectations and goals and things that I want to try and do and bits and pieces here and there. But like, what I've kind of noticed or just learned from the world is that there's just such, like, you have next to no control. So obviously the things that you do have control over, you want to try and, like, optimise and make sure that, yeah, you can make sure your parents retire when they want to and how they want to in a comfortable situation. You're passionate about what you're doing and things like that. But, like, man, if there's just such little control, like, let's say one day you just wake up and, like, I don't know, there's, like, People don't like talking about this kind of stuff because they think like, oh, you talk about it and then it happens and like blah, blah, blah. Like there's like, they don't like talking about negative things because they feel like law of attraction, whatever it is. But let's say one day that a random person wakes up and they get in a car crash, right? And now they have no function of their arms and legs, right? They might have all those goals, aspirations and things like that, 
and something happens in their life and now they can't do 90% of the things they set themselves up to. No, I, I completely get what you're saying, but I think that's exactly like, so the whole situation with my dad, my grandma, I think that changed my perspective of only having long-term goals. So my long-term goals are still very there, but I have both as well now. So even little things like just spending time more, more time with my family, um, you know, just doing things with them, making sure like if they're suffering like any pain or whatever, I'm helping like they don't have to cook or clean or whatever. Um, like even lockdown, I I actually really enjoyed it because I spent so much time with my parents, and I thought I thought I would hate it, but it was actually really lovely. Um, and even short term goals like, okay, can I can I run this much this week? Things like that. I think that to me is living in the moment. Um, because I don't know, I just get this this I don't know, just loads of dopamine when I when I achieve like little goals and whether they're long-term or short, uh, you need all your short-term goals to reach your long mm, Definitely. Um, but yeah, you can, there's always uncertainty. Um, but yeah, you can't do anything about it. You just have to keep going until the, until you reach that situation. That's true. How do you ensure that you reach your short-term goals? Oh, I go off track all the time. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I normally write them down in my notes. Um, I back to them and be like, oh, I didn't do it. Um, I, do you know, it's not even motivation. I think there's a difference between motivation and discipline. I don't really believe in motivation. Um, I think you just have to be disciplined. I think motivation is just like, you know, when you just watch like YouTube videos and like you see posts and stuff, that doesn't really motivate you. You're still sitting there watching it. Discipline mm. would be like, I get my phone and quickly go do it. And so i done with before you know it. Um, and I like getting things out of the way applications out the way my workout out the way in the morning anything that i'm trying to put off that's done first mm. um, yeah discipline over motivation yeah i, I completely agree motivation's like a little burst of energy but discipline keeps you going for the long term right? and it's, it, it makes such a difference um so in terms of discipline do you feel like when for me personally this is like if i'm disciplined in one area of my life it's a lot easier for us to carry that discipline through to other areas. So like, I'm like, oh yeah, I did my workout now, let's do this and let's do that. And because I, because I can say to myself, oh, well, I've done this, so why can't I do that? And think about it positively. How does discipline work for you? Is it something that you've been working on for a long time? Is it something that comes and goes? How do... um, my discipline is only really there when I'm at home, I'm not going to lie. At university, I'm bit of a mess but like a fun mess but still a mess um and I don't really wake up early I do go out too much I don't really go to lectures but the deadlines I have to meet and then I'm meeting everything that I need to meet um so fitness normally falls off a lot of uni I always gain weight in uni but it's fine um but yeah, when I come home, I feel more myself because I'm, I'm such a morning person. But at uni, everyone sleeps late. So then I just end up sleeping late and waking yeah. up late. Um, so when I come back home, I'm awake at like 6.37 normally, get my workout done, chill for a bit, do some cleaning. But at home, I just feel that's, that's where my discipline is. And 
um yeah when I get my workout done then I'm like okay I'm awake let's go now I can eat healthy for the day now I can just sit at my desk quickly do these couple things um yeah definitely as, as soon as you start getting one thing in order you're like okay I have time for this now um oh I think sleeping pattern actually I think that's the first thing you should get in order I think that really? just makes such a big difference yeah because then you can time the day out because then you're like okay at eight o'clock I need to do this and always have an alarm because when you don't have an alarm you can't if you're like okay I'll just wait see what time I wake up see what time I do this and you're not getting many things done throughout the day and no one does anything productive between the hours of like 11 and however late they sleep to like three whatever you're not really doing the productive you're probably watching tv or calling your friends or doing something like that which is nice but you don't need like five hours to do that in the evening um so yeah definitely get that in order no i, I agree i agree um, morning routine is like not even like having like a full routine just getting up in the morning on time getting that sorted it just makes such a big impact to your day now my question is when you don't do that right like you literally caught yourself out halfway through when you're speaking about uni and you said, oh yeah, like I wake up late, I do this, I go out, blah, blah, blah. But that's all right. Do you know that little thing that you did there when you forgave yourself for not doing what you feel like you should have, right? How do you, where do you draw the line of saying, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be okay with the fact that I didn't do what I wanted to do, but I'm still gonna continue trying to make sure that it doesn't go completely off the rails. I did not forgive myself at all when I was at uni. I was annoyed at myself yeah. every day I woke up late. Um, and me and my friends would just always have mental breakdowns and it was great because it's together. So that's what I But I only really forgave myself when I got back into my routine at home and I was like, okay, I'm back on track now. And I've done everything I needed to do. Exams went all right. I know my next steps. Like I'm fine now, it's fine. But during the time I was stressed, um, and obviously we hadn't done exams yet so I was just it was just so much stress it's not worth it um and I didn't forgive myself I think the only way to give is there's something to thank yourself for so you're not really mad at yourself you just have to be kind to yourself that's that's I would say we talked a little bit about relationships before I'd say that the most important relationship they have is the one they have with yourself do you go about actively trying to build that or is that something that has come from your family where it's just kind of been naturally instilled in you no i don't think my family really think about themselves like that they're, they're, they're so they're more caring they're they're more thinking about everyone else i think i'm a bit selfish sometimes i like a lot of alone time um i like a lot of just being on my own thinking about my side why i'm happy um but yeah i do a lot of self-reflection um like internally and externally like how i'm feeling inside emotionally but also how's my body feeling i really like i like um mindfulness um so if my body's tired then i'm like okay i don't need to work out today that's fine um or if i've eaten too much but i'm really hungry then i'm like okay that's fine my, my body was just hungry um but yeah i like listen to like a lot of podcasts read a lot of books um on self-love self-love but yeah that's, that's really good i don't know i think i think it's strange how little people actually pay attention to their own body in their mind like you said are you actually trying to actively have to listen to that like oh i'm tired so i don't need work out like so many people just don't pay attention to what their body is actually doing what their mind feels 
And it's something that I've been trying to reflect on a lot more recently. That I've been going for walks and just like during those walks, I just think, yo, what's on my mind? Like, what am I thinking about? How am I feeling? Like, how are things are going? And like, it makes such a difference when you actively try to think about these things. Our generation is just in such a rush. I think we just, we think from social media, we just think we have to have our lives together from like 20 years old. And when you look at like all these like Love Island stars and all these like Instagram fitness people, yeah, they have a house at like 23 and they've done all this, but they just have a different path. Um, and we're just in such a rush that we forget to think about ourselves. We're just thinking, okay, how can we make money? How can we be successful? How can we show people we're successful? Um, that we're forgetting that we need to look after ourselves before anything. Um, and I think that's what the older generation had down because they didn't have any phones. They had to walk in silence everywhere. They were constantly thinking. Um, but yeah, we're just, in, we're just in too much of a rush and everything would just happen in due time. Um, just understand yourself. And I do you know what, I really like the idea. And so many YouTubers say this, that they want, like they keep a journal of how they're thinking and they like write like half an hour every morning about how they feel so they can reflect on it. And that is such a good idea, but it's just, I find it way too long. Like I don't think I could sit and dedicate half an hour to it. But if I could, I really would do that. Mm-hmm. That just, that will set your mind straight. And then you don't have to think about how you're feeling because you know how you're feeling and you've written it down. Um, and then you can get on with the day, which is nice. No, no, I completely agree. There was a video that I was watching, it's called The Antidote Dissatisfaction, I think. And um, in there, they talked about gratitude journaling, which is, again, just writing down how you feel and writing down what you're grateful for. And it was like, it's one of the most intentional things that you can do to make yourself a happier person. If you don't like your life, if you don't like where you are right now, literally just writing down things that you're grateful for every single day even when you feel like you can't think of anything, it makes such a difference because you're instilling that positive mindset inside of you and it stays and you'll notice, I notice it all the time now, like even when things go wrong, I actively try to look for something. And sometimes I'll do it by accident as well. Like I, I won't be focusing on it and something bad will happen or someone says something bad and I'll think of something positive that can come out of it. And like, it, it's such a, it's an intentional process to me. Like, oh, you want to be happier. It's got, you've got to actively do it. And journaling is one of the most active things that you can do to kind of improve that. There was a podcast, um, and I can't remember her name, but she was literally talking about happiness. And she was saying that we spent so much, we spend so much money on resources and books and like trying to gain knowledge at school and things. But happiness is a big part of it. And we don't spend any time or money on it. Um, And we really should. Like your happiness is going to dictate what you're doing in your day-to-day life and how motivated or disciplined you are. Um, and it's kind of sad that we, we we don't care to spend money on it. Or it kind of feels, I feel like a lot of people think it's kind of stupid to talk about happiness because that isn't, you get happiness. Happiness comes from underneath until you're secure with yourself, until you're secure with how you look, how you think, the people around you, you're, you're not gonna reach ultimate happiness. Mm. And you said yourself as well, the ultimate goal for you is happiness, right? And then even if we just reflect on ourselves, like I know a lot of the stuff that I invest in, like if I'm reading books, if I'm listening to podcasts, I'm not always 100% doing that for me to find happiness for myself. A lot of the times they're like, oh, it's like I want to help someone else. But even that, it's like I need to invest in myself, my own happiness first. And like it's, it's not done anywhere near enough. 
I literally completely agree. I was just thinking about this the other day. I think I read a lot of books and listen to a lot of podcasts for the sake of being able to talk about a certain topic or being able to like know something for like an interview or something like that. And it's just like, why am I reading, going into so much like effort for other people when I could just find a book I genuinely enjoy? Because I don't really like, I don't really like reading about like a whole book about like finance or like economics or like banking. Like that's not enjoyable to me. No, um, I a whole book. I like, uh, yeah, I like, I like understanding markets and commercial awareness and things, but my actual like reading, like the, the reading I enjoy is like East Asian history and politics and sociology and all that sort of stuff, which is very different from my course. But that's why I, like, that's why I'll sit there and I can read for hours. And I think I found myself trying to, read about things that I wasn't interested in and that I fell off reading at uni I was just like I don't want to read anymore like it, it's just boring to me and I think that's the reason why but I didn't really work that out until recently <laughs> I mean even understanding your passions what it is that you're passionate about uh, even if they can't take you anywhere in life it's going to make you happy like, it's going to give you something that you enjoy to do like focus on it like put some energy towards it actually like try in that area because like a lot of people think oh, i'm passionate about this i'm passionate about this and then they'll just think oh well, i'm not going to get anywhere with it so there's no point like oh, i like art some people like drawing but then oh yeah but i'm not that good so i'm just not going to try it's like yo you go on <laughs> no i was just going to say it's like um you know how everyone's like into sports when they're young and their parents put them into something and then when you look at i'm basically near to none because everyone's just like oh i couldn't do anything with it it was too time consuming all of this stuff but mm. it's not uh, we could have continued i wish I, I did like gymnastics and loads of like other stuff swimming and stuff but i was just like oh there's no point in me doing it i'm not actually gonna be a gymnast like i wish i could i really wish i continued stuff like that like, how, how amazing would we have been by now like doing that many years of a sport doing exactly. so cool. even that even that just leads on to another topic of self-belief like believing in what you do and believing in yourself like Again, I feel like this is a, it's, it's hugely impacted by um, your so, your circle, your social circle. So like what people in there are saying, if five friends don't believe in themselves, then you're going to be the sixth one. Like mm. it just is, it is that way, unfortunately, because what you hear all the time is what you become. How would you say you get out of toxic circles and different difficult places when you're also toxic to yourself? Um, so I have friends from like different stages of my life and they, it sounds, it sounds horrible to say it like this, but it is true. Your friends provide different value based on where they've come from your life. Right. So I say like my secondary school friends, we're like a big, we're a big group and we have like a lot of fun together. And we have so many memories together and they're like, they're like, um, big motive, like. My, they're, they're my friends with big motives right but I don't really talk to them about personal things as much um, as my college friends because we were a bit of a smaller group um, and yeah I don't know like each your different friends provide different value and then when they can't provide value in something I guess we just turn to, tend to ignore that topic um, so like with my college friends I don't, don't think I really speak about as much as like um, about like career stuff where some friends at uni, they do my course, so I'll speak to them about career stuff and like interesting things we found and job applications, exams, la la la. So I guess there's toxic friends in the sense of 
like just being horrible people but i don't think i've really come across horrible people like we're, we're growing up now so sorry. No, no. I woke up late and I told everyone in my family to leave me alone, and he obviously didn't get the memo. Oh, it's alright. So, Shruti, is there anything that you kind of want to leave the audience with? Any kind of key messages? Um, I think just literally be kind to yourself. Um, and everything we've spoken about today. So, in terms of like the situation, my family, that even that, the purpose of me sharing with that is that. I, other people know they're not alone if they go through something similar um, and there are other factors that affect that so it's not just going to be about the medical condition there's other things that are going to vary your journey so how wealthy your family are your relationship to your parents um, um, so your journey is still your journey but there are people going through things that are similar um, and even in terms of career fitness um, mental health it's everyone's journey is different and we just we're putting too much pressure on ourselves everyone's putting too much pressure on ourselves um and we just need to, i'm i'm included in that and we just need to chill out go with the flow it is what it is um and yeah just be kind to yourself that's a really nice message to finish with one and i completely agree with you 100 percent just need to be kind to yourself. That's what, what makes the world go around. So, yeah, I agree. But it's been great having you on the podcast, honestly. It's been really nice to talk to you more and get to know you a bit more about your journey. And I feel like the audience is going to get a lot of kind of value out of this too. I hope so. Thank you very much for having me. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm glad. I'm glad. All right, all that's great. And I'll see you guys next time on Film Hunters Podcast. <laughs>